a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Is that Jesus can return at any time. He's not waiting for a Japanese nuclear power plant to melt down. No. He, he, the thing that's holding him back is his patience and love for lost humanity and nothing else. Uh, there, 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 there are no events that need to occur before Jesus comes back. And so seeing all the things that happen around us and saying, hey, hey, that means Jesus is coming. The answer is no, no. That's wrong. That's the wrong way of looking at it. Jesus can come at any moment. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. And Luther says the only way that uh, the pronoun me and God could be in the same sentence is by this verb, have mercy. I've, got, I've given myself the new nickname. I've thrown aside all the other accolades that you toss at me so freely, Evan. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, they, uh, they, they feel like wine bull rider. Yeah, and uh, what else am I? I uh, can't remember. I can't remember and them I'm all either. Up. They're just too numerous. <laughs> <laughs> this week on Table Talk Radio is the Bargain Bin Edition. Um, oh, yeah. That is to say, we have all these things laying around. It's kind of like that stew you make at the end of the week. You know, you got some leftover roast beef, you have some uh, bacon, you have some green beans. I'm just going to throw it bacon all in a, sounds good. a big stew and uh, and call it a show. <laughs> so that's what we got going on for uh, today's episode of Table Talk Radio. Now, a few weeks ago, um, do you guys do this at your house? That uh, at Thanksgiving you go around the table and say what you're most thankful for? Uh, no. Uh, me neither. But if I did, I, it would have been, for me, <laughs> Theopedia, because I haven't thought of my own buzzword in, like, two years. Uh, thanks to the random article button on Theopedia.com, I have, I have a theological buzzword for you. All right, I'm ready. My theological buzzword for you is Hinduism. Now, I would like to get your comment on this first sentence. It says, Hinduism is one of the oldest and largest religions in the world, originating between 1800 and 1000 B.C. 1800 and 1000 B.C. I mean, how can it be the, one of the oldest religions if it's, if it's a originates about 1,800 years before Christ, which is a reference to another religion that's older than that one. <laughs> right. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, uh, it originated in India with has nearly uh, one billion adherents. That's a lot of adherents. One, one billion adherents. That's uh, me <laughs> quoting Seinfeld, quoting a horse. I was, I was quoting, um, what's that movie... Austin oh, yeah, Powers. that's with the little guy. The One million dollars. <laughs> unlike, unlike most major religions, Hinduism has no single founder and encompasses many religious beliefs, practices, and dominations. Devil. And is, <laughs> I, guess, I guess the devil is pretty old, now that you mention it. <laughs> right. Would be a pretty old religion. And looks to a number of key texts for its authority. Uh, Hin- Hindus believe that God is a universal spirit that everyone is a part of. This is how Hinduism really started. The devil and all the demons are sitting around, and the devil says, All right, you guys all get to get worshipped. Get after it. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) That's how paganism started. Hinduism is just, I mean, it's just, uh, India was so isolated from, uh, from Christianity that it's just, 
it's just paganism that just stuck around for a long time. So what's its appeal? Is it the, I mean, karma, karma is embedded in our, this is the opinio legis. Remember that? The opinion of the law that yeah. we think that if we're good, good things will happen. If we're bad, yeah. bad things will happen. Is, that, is that. that sort of the appeal of Hinduism? Well, yeah, it's just, it's your standard, typical demonic religion, which is all about works and a bajillion gods. Get to burn some incense now and then. And I, I think it's particularly appealing in our day and age, in the age of pluralism, which, uh, you know, we talk all the time about the coexist bumper sticker. Yeah. Um, I mean, that is Hinduism right there. That, that, uh, I mean, so when, um, when the Hindu says there's one God, he means something different than what the Christian says <laughs> or what the uh, Muslim says when he says there is one God. Well, yeah, the Hindu doesn't really say there's one. The Hindus will say there's there's a trillion gods, and then we're all on the back. You know, we're all riding. The universe is on the back of a turtle. But that's I think my I think doctrine. I think, <laughs> but I think what what I, I well I think a Hindu might say that there is one God, but what he would mean by that is is that there's one God who expresses himself itself in different ways. So the Christian and the Muslim and the Jew. Is worshiping their respective gods, but really there's just one God that is just expressed different ways. I think the Hindus they they have about as many gods as they do people. I mean these little <laughs> mini gods. Yeah, so about one billion adherents, about one billion gods. I, I wonder about that, you know. And the Hindus also they got this thing where here's the crazy thing because Hindus you figure if you have a bajillion gods you're going to be patient about it. I mean things, but that. It turned out is not the case because they believe in these life cycles of the epics. And there's some Hindus that are starting to get pretty militant. When you put the Hindus next and the Hindus move and the Muslims move in next to the Hindus, you're going to have real problems. Everybody's got a machine gun then. Well, I, I think you bring up a good point. So that if, um, uh, if the Hindu says, look, if you're good, you're going to be reincarnated to something better in the next life. Um, if you're bad, you're going to be like an ant or a cow or something like that. Um, well, who's to say uh, whose religion is right about right and wrong or who, good and bad? So the the Muslim says, hey, I just killed a bunch of infidels. Aren't I good? I'll be reincarnated as something better. And the Christian says, no, that's awful. You can't go killing people. You have two relig- religions who are saying opposite things about morality according to the Hindu, which is good karma and which is bad karma. There's a there's also this move this apocalyptic Hinduism, which is really kind of crazy. So we got to do some more work on the Wikipedia about the apocalyptic apocalyptic Hinduism. But that's that's because they don't see they don't believe that time ends, but they do believe that time goes in these cycles. You have the growth cycle, you have the maintaining cycle, and then you have the destructive cycle. And for some Hindus, we're entering into that destructive cycle. I hope I don't sound like I know what I'm talking about. No, you <laughs> that don't. Would be don't misleading. worry. Nope, nope. But there's this thing where the, we're heading into this destructive cycle, and now this is this uh, kind of ushering in the end of the world kind of thing, which I'm against just in general. Let's get into the your buzzword cycle. Yes, my buzzword cycle is uh, this phrase, Sadie's Doctrinae. S-E-D-E-S-D-O-C-T-R-I-N-A-E. Sadie's Doctrinite, which means in Latin, the seat of doctrine. And it is the understanding that, well, it's basically this. When you want to know what the Bible says about a certain thing, you read 
where the Bible talks about that certain thing. <laughs> okay, now you, can you draw a distinction, if any, between Sadie's Doctrine and the Bible? Uh, uh, sorry, uh, and proof text. Uh, um, I suppose <laughs> the thing about the Sadie's Doctrine is that the verse is talking about what it's supposed to be talking about. So, <laughs> so, so for example, here's here's just an example I will give to you, and that is that I've talked to a bunch of evangelicals about the doctrine of baptism, and you know what verses they go to, and it's not the, the verses about baptism. They go to all sorts of other verses. Like? So they're proof texting, like by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourself is the gift of God. See, baptism can't save. <laughs> Did you see the move there? Uh-huh. So you you so that's proof texting. The problem is you're 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 proving a doctrine from a, a text that doesn't actually talk about the doctrine. Now I'm going to read you a little paragraph from our friend Martin Chemnitz. That's who writes again, for those who pronounce things correctly. For the question is not really what the word justify means in other passages of scripture, but this is being asked what the meaning of the word justify has in those passages of Scripture in which the doctrine of justification is taught and treated, as in its own Sadie's Doctrinae. The other examples are added only for the sake of explanation. So this is the, uh, so this is the old Lutheran thing, is that when you want to know... Now imagine this idea. When you not want to know what the Bible teaches about a certain thing, you go to the passages that are actually teaching about that certain thing. I like that idea. And you put it, once you put the Sadie's Doctrinae together, you basically have what we call the rule of faith. Mm. Mm. What's that? That's all the Sadie's Doctrinae put together. Well, well, <laughs> well, what is this, the rule of faith? Well, I mean, it's basically the creed, but it's the basic doctrines. It's a collection of all the Sadie's Doctrinae that says, hey, this is what the Bible teaches, and therefore what the Church believes. So, so this is going to provide a bit of a lens for us that when I, when I read a parable of Jesus that is you know, maybe rather difficult to interpret, I can do so um, with Romans 3 in mind, knowing that I'm justified before God, not on the basis of what I do, on the basis of my works, but on the basis of uh, faith in what Christ does for me, and then that's going to help me interpret something like uh, the parables of Jesus correctly. Indeed. Okay. Well, in this edition of Table Talk Radio, we're going to be uh, going to the voicemail system, the inbox, the bumper sticker, grab bag, and to see what uh, what emails have we ignored in the past, oh, I don't know how long we've been using Trello. <laughs> a couple <laughs> a few, weeks. A few weeks. Uh, you can give us a call if you want to chime in, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652, or you can always send us an email. That address is questions at tabletalkradio.org. And complaints about the show can be sent to prbw <laughs> at tabletalkradio.org. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Hi, this is Todd Wilkin, host of Issues Etc. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Sorry. Clark, it's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. Maybe getting a faithful pastor seems as exciting as a membership in the Jelly of the Month Club. But that kind of thinking can lead to the unbiblical removal of pastors from the Office of the Holy Ministry, the topic of our next ACELC conference, February 10th through 12th in Kansas City, Missouri. Register at ACELC.net because faithful pastors really are a gift that keeps on giving. See why at ACELC.net. 
That song seems to imply that Table Talk Radio could get better. I guess there's only one way to go when you're at the bottom. That's right. <laughs> Looking up. <laughs> but it is rather, I mean, it is some kind of an assumption to say that, that it will get better. I mean, anyway, uh, what we're going to be doing here in the next uh, three segments or so is to try and address some of your emails that you've sent to us, questions at tabletalkradio.org, and uh, discuss them a little bit. Or those who have called 1-800-385-SOLA. So, Pastor Wolf, what's first on the docket for our uh, well, our, bar- our got, bargain bin here? We got an email here from Michael that says, Let them see you. Subject, praise song cruncher. Did we, we do that song? one? I think we crunched that one, didn't we? Yeah, that, that's what it's It's a response to our crunching oh, of this I song. Oh, I see. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. You remember how that went? Probably went pretty well, I think. Oh, yeah. The praise song you crunch sounds like an expression of aesthetic romanticism, which developed in late 18th, early 19th century Germany as a response to Kant's denial of knowledge of the thing in itself. The German romantics claimed that music and literature were finite means through which and in which finite humans were able to express and intuit the infinite. Doctrines, being propositions of reason, are unable to convey any truth about or knowledge of the infinite God. So one must rely on faith and intuitions about God, which music and literature evoke. Hmm. Literature. 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 What are you doing? I'm trying to pronounce literature in a very cool way. So let me read that sentence again. So one must rely on faith and intuitions about God, which music and literature evoke. The notion of feelings as emotional states does not capture the romantic idea of intuition. But there is a relation, and romanticism is not the same as mysticism, but there might be some overlap. Got it? Michael, thank you. Why don't you file that one away? (laughs) This sounds more like an Issues Etc. listener, I have to be honest with you. All right, so what do you think of this? Is there a distinction between romanticism and mysticism? Mm, Yes, there ought to be a distinction, certainly not a separation, and I would put romanticism... As a subset of mysticism. Aha. Uh-huh. See that, how that goes? So you can be, can you be a romantic without being a mystic? I don't think so. But can you be a mystic oh. without being a romantic? Probably. No. Uh, you can be a romantic without being a mystic. It depends on who the object of your romanticism is. Uh, no, being romantic and romanticism are different. Now, the other thing <laughs> I have to tell you is uh i the other day was working through a particular uh idea and i called up our friend pastor graf and i said do i think this is because i'm an i'm i'm romantic and he said no <laughs> he says you think this because you're an ag- agrarian romantic <laughs> so thank you that's All good right. to have that clarity uh-huh now the point that michael is making here let's see if i can tease this out the German romantics claimed that music and literature were ways that you could express and intuit the infinite. So propositions of reason are unable to convey any truth about God, but that music poetry can. So that the so that you see, see the thing here is the romantics were pretty specific about this, according to Michael. Stuff I don't know anything about. The romantics were pretty uh, were onto this that you can't just reason infinite things. So there has to be another way that your mind has access to the to the infinite. So it can't just be through a proposition. You have to be 
hyper-propositional. You've got to get beyond the sentence. It's going to be this, it's going to be a different means through which we have access to the infinite thing. And that is pretty good, uh, a pretty good description of the praise song, in fact. Is this, is this at its heart a uh, denial of the clarity of Scripture? Because uh, what what the clarity of Scripture is giving us is that the the Lord has uh, packaged <laughs> His truth, so to speak, uh, in His holy Word, and He has made this Word um, under uh, understandable <laughs> that that we would we would receive it through language and grammar and and uh, human speech um, that this that that we would we would know of our infinite God through. Uh, his word, but but this is saying that um, no no no, it's not through things like uh, assertions and <laughs> truth statements. It's through uh, feelings, through music, literature, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I mean, so that's the idea uh, that we have to be um, that the scriptures. I mean, they could use. I suppose it's a denial of the clarity of the scripture. In this sense, is that this, you're saying that the scriptures are not assertions, but the scriptures become like a gateway to the experience of the infinite. Mm. You know, they take you to that place. Mm. So it's it, it, so so that it, it's a truth, but it's an aesthetic truth. It's not a propositional uh-huh. truth yeah. of an assertion. You see. Yeah. But I suppose that is a denial of the clarity of the scripture. Mm. Clarity would refer to things like sentences. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Thanks for the email, uh, Michael. Yeah, what do I do with this? Archive. Boom. All right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, you want another one? Yeah, I want another one. Uh, why don't we do a thing first? What is it called? Like a bumper sticker church yeah, science. Oh, yeah, Well, we got a bunch of these bumper stickers in church science, so I thought uh, we could do some of those for our bargain show. Well, hello there. This is Nathan in Little Rock. I uh, have to report a sign. It's not a church sign. But it seems to have a better message than most church signs you talk about. <laughs> it's a sign for a grocery store down here. It's a billboard. I was at a stoplight, just saw it. And it says, eat and be joyful. Now, this is the uh, Saturday before Thanksgiving. Um, so I'm pretty sure I know what they're talking about, but why don't we should just put that on, uh, on our church sign. Eat and be joyful. Maybe cake eat and be joyful. And uh, that would be a great church sign. So anyway, uh, we'll see what you think. All right, have a good one. Well, thanks for the call. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. here here you are driving. You you drive past what three, four churches on your way to work, and you see uh, uh, some some pun on the word sun or sunshine. Uh, and then you talk about how you know uh, what's missing. C H C H. What's missing? You are et cetera, et cetera. And then yeah. you drive by the grocery store, and it says, "Eat and be joyful." <laughs> You're going, okay, that's pretty hey, good news. Hey, that's that's wonderful. For the she, she eat drink take and eat. Uh, the, for the grocery store, it should be shop and eat. Ah, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, it is true. That's what we do in the Lord's Supper. How fantastic! Eat and be joyful. But there is also this is also the doctrine of the who the Epicureans. Yeah, Epicureans. Oh, yeah, that's eat, true. Drink and be joyful. For tomorrow we will die. Remember that? And Paul says, if Christ is not risen from the dead, then we of all most men are be pitied. If he isn't risen from the dead, we would eat, drink, and be joyful. Tomorrow we die. That's it. So that um so Paul says we have the, the we have the apostolic this is interesting, I think. 
We, we have the apostolic thing that if the resurrection is not true, then hedonism, uh, uh, what did we call it just a minute ago? Epicureanism? Uh, Epicureanism is the best option, the best philosophical option. Hmm. But it just so happens that Christ is risen from the dead. Mm-hmm. So so it's not go. the best option. <laughs> so it's not. Uh, yeah, but I think we, we could speak to a different kind of joy here, right? So that the joyful that the Epicurean is speaking of is um, that my pleasure... Uh, what are those called? The um, In your brain... The uh, synapses. Yeah, the, 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 they're, they're. See, look at we are like one mind. <laughs> yeah, each of us are a half. <laughs> in, in any case, that, that that you're. I mean, you're just having a a good time. But the joy that the gospel speaks of is is an eternal joy. I mean, this this is the joy that we have, knowing that we are right with God, having our sins forgiven, and this is an eternal joy. Um, I'm reading through the large catechism right now with some people from the church, and yeah. uh, Luther talk, is talking about uh, a happy conscience. I never talk about the happy conscience. Yeah, that the, that's nice. The, that the conscience is happy, and that's a wonderful way to uh, speak of it. Why? Because I know my sins are forgiven. That, that's a uh, Luther large catechism on the Lord's Prayer. Hmm. I should read that. Yeah, you should. All yeah, right. What I else should. we got here? Here's one. Oh, where did it go? I just had it. Hold, hold on. I'm going to get it. Uh, oh, yeah. Here. Uh, this is the this is from the unofficial Table Talk Radio Lutheran Nerf Ninja Theologian, the U T T R L N N T, or U T squared R L N squared T. What are you talking about? Don't worry. Here it says, "Dear t- Hello Table Talk Radio, I would like to throw a challenge flag on Pastor Ketchelmeyer's answer in Oop. round two of Ask a Ninja Pastor. Remember that." I, uh, Do you remember that? Was I, that our last show or two shows ago? A couple, yeah. Where Pastor Ketchelmeyer and I are playing Ask a Ninja Pastor, and he, he takes five minutes to answer two questions, and then in round <laughs> two, he answers like 75 questions, a, 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 you know, half-second answers. Specifically, our UTTRLNNT says, he's throwing the challenge flag, specifically when Pastor Gagline asks, what's the difference between penance and purgatory? And Pastor Ketchelmeyer responds, they both start with P. Now, is that not is that not a true statement? If the question was, what's the difference between penance and purgatory, <laughs> then no. they both start with P. Is <laughs> talking about how they're the same. <laughs> so that, in fact, is not different. Others do not really answer the questions at all. Since the show was recorded, I think that the ruling on the field can and should be reconsidered. Well, I mean, I think that we did actually go back and review that. That that I mean, the I think I think you were the one who threw the challenge flag on that one. And under instant uh, replay, we determined that even uh, taking away those points by Pastor Ketchemeyer, still he came out ahead of Pastor Wolfmuller. So I'm sorry. Um, uh, Pastor Kachmar is still the theological ninja as it stands in round two of uh, Ask a Ninja Pastor. No, oh, brother. So I'm sure you'll uh, moan about it during this next break, but don't worry. Uh, I'm sure he'll be done with it by the time we come back from the break. We're continue to answer your emails and your phone calls at 1 800 385 SOLA and also questions at Table Talk Radio. Uh, don't go away. We'll be right back. You 
tuned in at the worst of all possible times. This is Table Talk Radio. So I, I guess uh, you're going to Topeka, Kansas, right, Pastor Wolf Miller? Yep. I'll be there. What are you? What ACELC. <laughs> what are you talking Conference. about? Conference. You're going to be talking about the uh, Holy duties Man? of. Yeah, go ahead. Duties of a pastor. <laughs> what is so funny? <laughs> Boy, are, are you giving the negative examples and someone else is giving the positive examples? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the worst All right, guy? guys, here's what not to do. <laughs> oh, my God. He's, what do you mean? I do the I do my duties. I'd like to introduce uh, to our discussion Pastor Brian Wolfmiller. He's a guy over there holding the Getting Things Done book. <laughs> hey guys, let me tell you about Trello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing that at Kansas. That's what I'm going to do up in the seminary. I'm going to the seminary like the week before the ACELC conference to talk now? to the seminary guys. <laughs> And I got to talk. I get they, they're like, "Hey, you want to come to a module? Sure. Here's about fifty things I want to talk about." And the whole time I'm thinking, "Please don't pick project management. Please." That's what they did. Huh? Don't make me go talk about project management. Surely enough, then that's what they want to hear about. Why did you put it on the list? Well, because I thought that would actually get me there. <laughs> now, so I got to go to the seminary talk about project management, which too bad you didn't have. Yeah. Then I'm going to go to Kansas ACELC conference and I'm going to talk about the duties of a pastor. Then I'm going to go up to the Brothers of John the Steadfast conference at the end of February, and I am going to talk about, what is that one about? Oh, yeah, how to handle false doctrine. So we're going to play kick the dog, console the child, and we're going to talk about what happens to the conscience that's put in crisis. Now, and how, uh, is there such thing as a theological crisis? I did want to point out that, um, that the brothers John said fast did not ask you to do a stand up routine. Is there any? <laughs> how do you know they didn't? D- ask didn't me? you introduce that as the the first annual stand up routine at the brothers John? How, how do you how do you how do you know they didn't ask me? That's what I want to know. You got the secret because I saw the stand up. <laughs> Here, here's how the negotiations YouTube. went. <laughs> here's how the negotiations went. They said. They said, hey, uh, you want to come back and speak? And I said, only if I get to do some liturgical dance this time. <laughs> and they said, we'll let Carrie come with you. And I said, fine. <laughs> so that's how that that's how the okay. negotiation, behind-the-scenes negotiations went for that one. Boy, that's like uh, uh, the Denver Broncos negotiating to get uh, Peyton Manning. Man. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Talk to my agent. <laughs> All right. Did they call you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, now, oh. I didn't finish this email. Uh, point two. Oh. From uh, the unofficial Table Talk Radio Lutheran Ninja Theologian. He says, I noticed that you have an official Calvinist blogger, OCB. I also noticed that you are lacking an official Lutheran Nerf Ninja Theologian, O-L-N-N-T. Mm. I'd like to apply. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, here, uh, the Nerf Ninja, unofficial Table Talk Radio Nerf Ninja theologian says, I have been listening to old shows, and I have been correctly guessing some of the questions. Do the points gained in this way count? And if so, what are they worth? I have 16,600. Someday I'd like to play a game on your show, one of the Bs. So uh, you do. the points uh, are worth, uh, in fact, absolutely nothing. But uh, you, as the unofficial Table Talk Radio Luther Ninja Theologian, can uh, debate that point. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see the challenge flag thrown. 
Uh, so we have to have a we'll have to have a team office meeting to see if we need an uh, official Table Talk Radio Lutheran Nerd Ninja Theologian. But I'm particularly interested in having, you know how there's you got the ninjas, you know Fisk and his old ninja thing. Uh, so that ninja territory has been covered, and you got Rosebra, oh, the, the pirate, pirate. radio. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. got all the pirate. I'm thinking what the Table Talk Radio mascot should be is a sumo wrestler. <laughs> Luther oh yeah, sumo. you you can be. So the sumo we need wrestler. an official. I wonder if we. I wonder You're, if you could sponsor <laughs> sumo wrestlers. Put our little logo like on the back of the sumo I diaper. I don't think anybody's going to see it. <laughs> I think that. You know, can but, we look into that? <laughs> We're official. We could sponsor a sumo wrestler. <laughs> Hold on, let me Google sponsor. You're, you better do a bumper sticker. I'm going to look up how to sponsor a sumo. I was just thinking the, the way that you've been um, uh, consuming uh, your first article gifts, you might be the sumo wrestler. <laughs> Maybe I could. We can sponsor me. My first sumo bout. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I like. Uh, we'll we'll look at that idea. So maybe we don't need a, a Nerf Ninja. We're we are uh, seeking applications for any sumo wrestlers though. Who right. particularly need sponsorship? Here's another bump sticker church sign. Hi, this is David in Houston. I've got a bumper sticker here on the back of a Toyota Solara. Uh, it uh, it says simply follow, and then I believe it's in little tiny print, but I think it says John eight verse twelve. Anyway, I couldn't really read the verse, but I think it's John eight verse twelve. Simply follow. Well, that uh, could be. John eight twelve says, Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Huh. So uh, highly possible that that uh, was correctly uh, read. Now, simply follow. I have noticed that following isn't so simple. What do you think? Yeah. I, I wonder what that means. Is that simply... Um like a riff on something else? Is there some other thing that says simply, like some sort of mascara that's like simply blush or, I don't know, some sort of other thing that's simply something? And that this is a, you know how, you know that this favorite evangelical pastime is to take some sort of logo and just mess with it? This smells like that a little bit. I do know that. As I type in the word simply in the in the Google search bar, the suggestions are, Simply hired, simply be, simply recipes, simply noise, simply red, simply the best. That's probably the one about me. Uh, simply, simply the best. <laughs> <laughs> simply it, dictionary, they... simply games, simply electronics, simply supplements. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm not. None of those are really ringing a bell as a kind of a marketing slogan. No. Um, so I think maybe. I mean, look, you don't have to worry about all this doctrine and all of your teachings about theology but just simply follow what do you think about that i think that's it that's what it is so it's this um doctrine's complicated but christ is not the church is complicated but jesus is not this this is the idea no you're 100 percent right that's what this bumper sticker is so just follow jesus man follow jesus (laughs) Just, just i mean simply i mean this is kind of like your just thing right yeah, we, I you have ruined me by the way on that. I'll be like writing a letter and I'll find I just use the word just unnecessarily there. I'm going to take it out. Just <laughs> you're going to go back and edit it just now. I'm I, just going to pause. I just want to write as I did before. 
just hold on a minute. I'm gonna just wait a minute. <laughs> I'm gonna simply watch sumo wrestling. Did you wrestling. just say that? <laughs> <laughs> simply sumo. That should be. <laughs> hold on, I'll make that. Don't worry. I'm gonna get... simply sumo. That that sounds like we could start a brand and sell it and sell like granola bars at Whole Foods. Simply Sumo. Uh, we should change our. What did we change the name of our radio show again? See, I'm all about branding. It was and by the, that it was I mean the changing thing, our name remember? all the time. It was the number thing. It was like uh, T R squared. T yeah. T squared R. <laughs> T squared R. Five two. What was the five L five two Leviticus five two? The unclean touching. Don't touch anything unclean. Uh, then now we could be. We should just be simply Sumo. Welcome to Simply Sumo. I <laughs> would talk about table talk radio stuff. That'd be great. <laughs> I mean, there's probably a huge, there's probably a huge market for people. Like, so this is the market we're going for. Sumo fans that are also, like, very health conscious. <laughs> like, hipster, hipster sumo fans. Yeah, we're looking for... And they're going to be Googling Simply Sumo. <laughs> and we come up and they're like, they're like, I don't want to listen to this. They start listening and they're like, but I'm hooked now. Yeah, it's like, what happens our, our market is like sumo. for the, the vegan sumo wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is great. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh man, there's already a website called Simply Sumo. <laughs> Dang it. We're late to the party again. Mm. Ah, I know. I got it. Uh yeah. Simply Sumo Sacramental. Sacrament ooh, Simply <laughs> Sacramental Sumo. <laughs> I got it. Instead of instead of having uh, sac sacramental entrepreneurs, we have sacramental sumo wrestlers. Here's an email from Lisa. Dear Pastor Wolfmuller, I'd like to make an offer to your program. You have comments about the show between segments by someone with a deep radio voice. Oh, that's Who me. Who is that? That is me. That's our announcer. Hello. <laughs> it's, usually, it's usually a statement that appears to be less than flattering. What? What? <laughs> Here's my offer. If it offends, then uh, I know I'm not cut out for comedy. Here it is, Table Talk Radio. It's like the rash you got when you went camping. You know you shouldn't, but you just got a scratch. <laughs> Respectfully, Lisa. Ah, uh, thanks, Lisa. Yes, if it's used, how many table point, how many Table Talk Radio points would you get? Probably any sort of insult used on air. I think it gets automatic ten thousand points. I was going to suggest sixteen thousand six hundred. We tie him with our unofficial <laughs> Nerf Ninja Sumo. Yeah. All right. That's a good idea. Sounds good to me. We have about uh, 50 seconds before our next break. Do you want to... Here's, here's another email, then. Thanks for your helpful answer to my question. This is Jeanette. You're welcome, Jeanette. Uh, this She says, The Lord's Prayer even teaches Simul Eustace at Picotter. We can only pray our Father if we are justified, yet we also pray, Forgive us. Thank you. Did you say that? I'm sure I did. I noticed I mean, that, that Evan sounds didn't... brilliant. So I noticed Evan didn't come back after the break and discuss the rest of the email like he said he would. But that's okay because you addressed the topic in other recent episodes. Blessings, Jeanette. All right, we'll we'll uh, help out Jeanette on the other side of this break. Don't you worry. <laughs> we'll be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Uh, if you Don't have set a... us up for such disappointment <laughs> again. <laughs> Uh, when we get back from this break, a few more emails and some bumper stickers, church signs, finishing out the last segment of Table Talk Radio. Uh, until then, uh, do give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652. Do you have that number saved in your phone yet? No. Okay, we'll be right back. Don't go away. Cause the plans are on 
Stay tuned for more Table Talk Radio. The stunned <laughs> silence is very reassuring. One more episode of your Table Talk Radio theological bargain bin uh, left uh, for you to enjoy or to ignore, whichever you prefer. And, uh, Pastor, I think you still have some emails that are uh, inbox there at questions at tabletalkradio.org. I do. This comes from Tri- Chris from Tilly Mook. Wait. Tilly Muke. He's written it out phonetically for me, or phonetically. Uh, he says, Chris says, this Thanksgiving, all the TTR superfans are thankful for every episode they are privileged to hear. Or endure. <laughs> Yours truly, Chris from Tilly Muke. And then he says, P.S. Hope to see Pastor G at the North. Is that what they're calling you now? Well, I mean, that's what the cool kids say. Hey, Pastor G. Hope to see Pastor G at the Northwest Convention in March. This will be my first time in attendance. I'm looking forward to it. If TTR represents the LCMS in the least, it'll be mediocrity on display everywhere. That's near prophetic right there. You, we, you know what we ought to have at the uh, Northwest District Convention, which I think is in June, uh, Chris. You might want to mark your calendar on that. Um, we ought to have a, uh, a Table Talk Radio Club booth there. The, yeah! What do you think? <laughs> they have a, like a disco ball, <laughs> you know, Club Rogue Rivers, and Public Library. You could, de- yeah, that'd be great. You could decorate the booth like with books and disco balls, and you could everyone could be there in their neon. Yeah, I mean, I, so so if you go to if you go to the national convention, I'm told never been there. Uh, thanks, me neither. Thanks, thanks by the way, gone. but uh, I you have like these little sections where you can go uh, consort with those like in your district and things like that. So it would make sense then at the district convention there'd be like a little uh, hospitality room for table talk radio listeners. So you'd have like uh, Scott Dinkman <laughs> and Chris from from uh, from from Tillamook. And uh, we're all kind of uh, sitting there. Uh, by the way, uh, our fr- our friend um, uh, Scott Dinkman has provided my favorite convention moment in the three years I've been a pastor, and that is when the <laughs> tell us about it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this story. This is great. <laughs> so the, the Northwest District uh, had overtures on both sides of the issue of the Lord's Supper. One overture said, uh, "Hey." We should uh, practice close communion like we all agreed that we would. And another overture said, hey, we should encourage participation in the Lord's Supper, um, which really had nothing about even one being baptized to come to the altar. And so the floor committee said, okay, our resolution is let's talk about it. <laughs> and uh, you know what happens with a microphone. Someone says, I move for a substitute motion. And so the motion, uh, the resolution that was on the floor was the one about uh, encouraging on or no uh, about uh, encouraging participation in the Lord's Supper. And my favorite moment of the convention is when uh, our friend Scott Dinkman got up to the microphone and amended the title of this resolution to to accept open communion. <laughs> so here the resolution is to talk about, and he says, "Let's just change the name of this thing so it actually reflects what it is." Yes. Did it work? Oh, man. He should have done it by. Well, I, I want to recommend a friendly amendment. <laughs> Yeah, right. I, one that we can all probably agree to. <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, boy. convention season is coming up. Are you ready? 
Oh, yeah, I'm ready. You know what we're doing? Uh, do tell. Going to Israel. <laughs> I got to miss <laughs> oh, the last right. day of our convention. I forgot to tell you that uh, one of the attendees of your trip has not received pastoral approval to go on your trip. Who's that, my dad? Yeah, because he's going to miss the convention by going yeah. on your stupid trip. That would be the best way to advertise the thing. Dear friends, want <laughs> to skip your to district avoid. convention? <laughs> Come with us to Israel. That's right. Although, is there still a 15% discount if you know how to shoot an Uzi? <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> you got any church signs? I do. Uh, this is from a photograph sent to us by uh, Brandon. Brandon sends us a photograph of the Bible Alliance Church. And the church sign says, be an organ donor, give your heart to Jesus. Oh, boy. What are you going to do with that one? It's, is it quite a pun? I'm not sure if you can qualify as a pun. It's close to a pun, yeah, because organ donor normally means you die, and then you know <laughs> someone cuts out your eyeballs and puts them in somebody else. But now you're giving your heart to Jesus. It's not like Jesus is having like a heart failure, and he needs a new heart, which is probably the point. I Jesus, don't, I, I don't think they donate your eyes. By the way, I'm just—you don't ever never heard of a cornea transplant? <laughs> you're ignorant. Now, I, now you're not so much. My sister-in-law, by the way, used to be a, uh, a the head nurse for this organization that handled um, organ transplants. Yeah. And you know, as a lot of professions do, have like a little book of facts, you know, a little notebook telling you know quick reference type things, and they call it their brain book. You know, so she comes into this hospital to administer this uh, you know, receiving the organs, and she puts this brain book on the counter. And one of the one of the uh, nurses says, "Oh, wonderful! They they figured out how to do brain transplants." <laughs> <laughs> that would be something. I can't Never, imagine a brain transplant. Can you imagine a nurse not knowing that the hell my goodness? <laughs> anyway, you are you on the list? <laughs> Now here is the ma- this is the major thing with evangelicalism is you got to give your heart to Jesus. Which the question that we should ask is: Someone says, "Hey, have you given your heart to Jesus?" We respond as taught by Bogertz. Remember, ah, what yes. would he want with that? It's like, hey, you got anything nice to give to Jesus? And like, oh man, I'm all out of nice stuff except for my heart. It's pretty nice. You can have this, my heart. Give your heart to Jesus. Where does that come from? What is the closest text in the Bible that says, give your heart to Jesus? Do you know? Mm-hmm. I don't either. I'm if looking you, it if up. If you know the way. answer, though, you can censor questions at tabletalkradio.org. I got another church sign for you. Right. Baptist Church in Wisconsin, uh, Brian tells us, courage is when you are the only one who knows you are afraid. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Courage, <laughs> courage is when you are the only one who knows you are afraid. Oh. So courage is not letting anyone see how afraid you are? Yeah, I guess. That's weird. That's a church sign? That's a church sign. So first of all, that's wrong. That's not what courage is. By the way, look at this. Brian wants to know how to... Sh- no. Brian wants to know how to find out information on the Israel trip. Hey, hey, all right, Brian. I should probably Where send this that? to I- you, huh? Yeah. It's in the second one of the Church Signs Trello I card. It. There it is. I see it. Huh. Okay, so I'll, I'm going to let you keep that one. I won't archive it. How much okay. time do we have left here in this show? Oh, we've got like three and a half minutes left. Well, let's do another one. First, we know that courage—by the way, cur- so courage is uh, a subset of faith in God. 
So it's it's not uh, courage is the result of the fear of everything else dropping off and only the fear of God being left. That's what a true definition oh. of courage. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Oh, let's see what else we got here. We got. Um... I finished all our emails. We got nothing in the inbox. Oh, look at that. Uh, you know, I, what what about this one? Oh, whoa, this I guess you put it in praise songs. This uh uh all about that bass parody. We're going to save oh, that yeah, one cuz I didn't want to see it. <laughs> we can do this. That's okay. Um well Church in Australia has this uh, has this church sign. Says, oh yeah, uh, this is from our friends there at Jake of Sem Radio. Ah yes, down under, right? Yep. The best, the most pop, the best Lutheran theological game show. Yeah, that's right. Our dethroners. <laughs> the first was uh, we have two here. The first one, uh, trust God, worry less. I'll let you tackle that one first. Okay, so this is true. We should worry. In fact, not at all. And faith in God does cast out worry. And the Bible tells us what to do with worry, namely to pray. So be anxious for nothing, but in all things do prayer and supplication. Make your request be made to know to God. So that the so that worry is really the prompting of the Holy Spirit for us to pray. I think this is a helpful way to look at it. So I worry about something. Ah, is reminding me to pray. That's fine. Okay, but I I I wonder sometimes if we don't have more of a an active view of trust in God rather than this passive view. So so that uh, I trust in God because of the faith given to me, and uh, it would be a fruit of, of faith rather than a thing to do. It's like on my to-do list. Wake up in the morning, right. uh, take a shower, trust in God, tie my shoes. Yeah, I know that's not a true list. I know you don't take that many showers. <laughs> well, that was my Monday list. <laughs> this is true. That faith is the result of hearing the Lord's word. So that's why, so prayer is something that we can do, whereas have faith in God is not something you put on the to-do list. You can put pray on the to-do list. By the way, I just... I've done it. Uh, I have the uh, Sadie's Doctrine for uh, giving your heart to to God. It's uh, yeah. Proverbs twenty three twenty six. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes delight in my ways. Boom! That's talking about... Roasted. That's talking about not God. That's talking about that's talking about all Solomon's students. <sighs> Are you saying it's, I think it's we should, more so of we, a proof text? <laughs> we, we should, yeah, a bit, a little bit. We should put. So, we should say. We should say. Look, you can't give your heart to God, but you're supposed to give your heart to Solomon. <laughs> give your heart to Re- Solomon. Repeat this prayer after me, dear Solomon. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says. Dear son, that's Solomon writing. Uh-oh. You're supposed to hand your heart over to wisdom. That's I, by the means. way, get 500 table For talk using radio Sadie's points. Doctrina? Yeah, you didn't even say anything about it. 500, that's like one out of, that's like 0.001% of the number of gods that Hinduism has. <laughs> that's true. Well, we're about out of time. We'll have to hit the other uh, church sign from the. Uh, Australian game show. On the other side of the break, I'm sure Uh, we'll remember. Oh, yeah, I bet. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. (laughs) Where the points are like leaving your rice at the Hindu temple. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. 
Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. (laughs) Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org. 